Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian. I'm on the phone with Ashwin. And today, it's a special episode, our last episode of 2022. We are counting down our top five horror movies of 2022. We'll also call out a couple of superlatives for the year and discuss the year in horror in general. And we'll talk about our own personal journeys through horror this year, including some movies we watched and discussed for the first time this year. We'll keep it spoiler-free, so if you haven't been keeping up with this year's films, don't worry, we're not going to spoil anything for you. And Ashwin, 2022, I've got a whole spiel here. You ready for it? Yeah, let's hear it, man. All right. 2022 was a year that brought us new movies in many iconic horror franchises like Scream, Hellraiser, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Halloween, and VHS. It brought us new movies from beloved directors, young and old, movies from Dario Argento, David Cronenberg, Jordan Peele, Rob Zombie, and Joe Bezos. Joe Bezos, why do I keep doing that? I really want to call him Jeff Bezos. (laughs) It brought new movies from beloved horror performers like Anya Taylor-Joy, Rebecca Hall, Micah Monroe. It brought us two of the most violent movies in recent memory with The Sadness and Terrifier 2. It birthed an already classic slasher trilogy, if I may say so, uh, when beloved indie director Ty West joined forces with A24. It brought us two stop-motion films, one of which took 30 years to complete. It brought us a Marvel horror movie, an unexpected surprise in the likes of Barbarian, another one in the likes of Smile, Fresh maybe too, if you want to loop that in there, not to mention the glut of horror on VOD and streaming services that we haven't even had the time to watch yet, unfortunately. With that in mind, I'd like to ask you, Ash, do you think 2022 was a good year for horror? Yeah, that, that, that was a really great summary of like everything uh, that happened this year. Uh, I think it was really good, man. I, I think the genre had a lot of inventive things happening, a lot of new and innovative films, which brought a freshness that maybe the last two years might have been missing just with the slowdown in the pandemic and not many large uh, releases. So it's cool to see more films in the theater coming out this year and then so much more on the momentum, building on the momentum of what we've been seeing on the VOD platforms. And I think it gave a lot of directors new and old chances to bring uh, a lot of interesting films. So I think you had a, a large quantity and then a, a small number that were just like really good that uh, kind of like made the year uh, a pretty strong year in horror, in my opinion. But wh- what do you think? I got to agree, man. I People are saying it's a great year for horror and I don't disagree. I feel like if you don't think it's a good year in horror, like, I don't know what you want. There, there's, <laughs> I feel like there was something for everybody. Yeah. Um, so much different, so many different types of horror, and there were so many movies. I was trying to keep a list, and it got to over 100, and then I was just, like, losing track, and I, wow. I knew I wouldn't be able to watch uh, the bulk of them anyway. So just yeah. so many movies, so many good ones. I think the theater... The theater as a whole is a whole nother separate issue that I don't know if we're equipped to discuss, but it seems like in horror, theater, horror in the theater has come back. Like last year, a good chunk of our list was, it was kind of a fun list because we felt like we introduced some people to stuff they haven't seen yet. We were doing, talking about VOD stuff Mm -hmm. and straight to streaming stuff. I have a feeling this year our list might be more theatrical release films because there were a lot of good movies released in the theater this year. Yeah, I feel like uh, May, June, like it was almost like every other episode we were doing, we were like back in the theater 
checking out uh, a film. They definitely seem to be a, a much higher quantity of films in theaters. Yeah, and then come the fall, we had so many, we, we were kind of resorting to Patreon to do some overflow type stuff. Yeah, right, right. Um, I was looking at uh, box office for the year, and for some reason I assumed every year you have like one or two horror films and like the top grossing films. But I, I think this year you've got one at like number 20, which is Smile maybe. Uh, I, th- I think that's been like the highest grossing horror film of this year. But then, yeah, looking back like, to last year, I don't think there were any like in the top 20 or 30. So maybe we're starting to see more uh, box office penetration on horror. You look at that at all? Uh, yeah, I've got a I've got a whole list we can run through later in the show. Oh, okay, fun, nice. Check out yeah. some pie charts. Uh, yeah, I wish I could compare it to other years. I didn't go to that depth, but I've got the top ten horror at the box office. Cool. Uh, and yeah, you, you mentioned there are hundreds of them, uh, and I, I feel like I still have like a number of them that I've been seeing on lists that I want to see. Uh, how, how many do you think like you end up you ended up seeing this year? Man, I've probably only seen th- in the thirty ish range wow that's pretty good um, yeah i don't know man I, I feel like it's good but you listen to other podcasts i remember one year bill shetty said he watched like 80 some uh, 80 like that came out that, that year oh yeah. wow that's so i think you commitment. know <laughs> yeah. some people might really turn their noses up at us doing a top five episode with only seeing that many but sure i, w- I just wish i had more time I, I unfortunately don't yeah it's a lot to keep up with uh yeah especially with like vod these days so There's so many out. good ones, and not only were there good ones, but there were ones that were just super notable that I wanted to go see. I knew they wouldn't be contenders for top five, but I wanted to check out Rob Zombie's The Monsters. I wanted to see Hocus Pocus <laughs> too. Yeah, you know, yeah, notable right. stuff. I think uh, is it fair to say we saw all the ones in the theaters, and like the gaps are probably on the VOD side. Uh, the menu is a, a theatrical oh, one that I missed right. off the top of my head, but. Yeah, yeah, I did get to the theater for most of those. I don't yeah. think many of those slipped through the cracks for me. Right, yeah, I think we did an okay job catching those. Hocus Pocus 2 didn't make it out to the theater, did it? I think that came straight to Disney+, Plus, if I remember nice. correctly. <laughs> cool, yeah, and cool to see uh, Marvel in there. When you were talking about that Marvel movie, were you talking about Doctor Strange? No, I was actually talking about uh, Werewolf by Night. Ah, uh, okay, okay, got it. Uh, yeah, you, you wouldn't consider Doctor Strange uh, as one of the horror movies of this year, would you? I didn't see it, but... I, I've heard that it's not quite, doesn't okay. really belong in horror. Got it. Yeah, I've, I haven't seen it either, but yeah, I was wondering which direction to go on that one. Yeah. But yeah, good good, good year. You, uh, you wouldn't say quantity over quality? Or you, you would agree it's a combination of both? I think it's a combination of both, and I think there's a little something for everybody. There's kind of 80s throwback type stuff. There's homages. There's period pieces. There are very modern horror movies that are so modern you and I felt lost while we were watching. At least I did. Um, there's, you know, like animated stuff, stop motion stuff, really slow, tense stuff, extremely violent, gory stuff. Yeah, it's a good mix. There's something for everybody, I really feel like, this year. There really is, yeah. Did you notice, uh, did you notice, I don't know if we want to talk about this later, but like uh, a theme uh, like a common theme on a lot of movies? I think maybe you and I are maybe going to have the same theme that we took away from the year, which is a bit of a men are the worst theme. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. The yeah. main villain of the year was like toxic masculinity or something. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. last year, on last year's episode where we were wrapping up 2021, we talk, talked about the trend of woke feminist remakes. They weren't all 2021, but it had been like the years leading up to that. There was... 
Slumber Party Massacre was last year, but then there's Black Christmas in 2019. The Craft Legacy was maybe 2020. So it was like every year we were getting those and they were really on the nose. Um, I think this year we get a lot of like male toxicity as the villain, like you said, but it's, it's still a prominent theme, but it's a little less like on the nose and in your face. Right. Or just more successfully woven into the movie. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think there were a combination. There were some where it was really obvious, like like a run, sweetheart, run or um, men. Yeah, try- yeah, men. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I just saw one called The Invitation today, which I think had that angle. But then you're right. Then you have other films that are like more uh, yeah, putting it in a more nuanced way within the plot and it's less like a lecture so uh yeah yeah maybe you're right maybe the trend is now moving away from that kind of direct commentary to more uh, subtle yeah yeah um i'd say the general trend over the past five years is like a general rise in feminism mm-hmm. in horror from both male and female directors uh it does seem we're starting to get more women directors in the mix um at least more prominent movies from women in the horror field hopefully that keeps going up but yeah yeah that's i think that message seems to be there regardless of who's in the director's chair male or female and and speaking of directors uh yeah you had like two of the big three back peel and um who's the guy that did northman eggers eggers yeah so oh we're missing asters i don't know if anyone's actually missing him but (laughs) he's gonna be back (laughs) next year oh shit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's still around yeah uh but, but otherwise uh any any other like uh, familiar i guess like ty west uh, yeah familiar yeah. name and right ty west is a familiar name some of the ones i mentioned yeah um yeah cool uh should we, we uh stop kicking the kicking <laughs> it around and, and get to the top five let's do it man how, how are we doing it we're, do, we're counting back from five I think we'll do our same really weird way that we do all type f- top five lists where we start at five, count to count down to one, and then go backwards and say maybe like six through ten, but just not talk about those as much so that the show doesn't take forever. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready for it. Okay. And uh, yeah, then we'll do some more like general information type stuff after we do our countdown, talk about our year, talk about the box office, stuff like that. Sounds good. Hey, how much, uh, before we get into that, how much of an overlap do you think we're going to have in our top five? I think it's going to be a bigger overlap than most years. Mm, okay. But I don't know, man. We'll see. All right. Yeah. I know we each kind of crammed some movies towards the end, so there might be some surprises that I sure. don't even know you've seen. Yeah. That, that's what I'm wondering, because I, I know we talked about quantity this year. I wonder, though, when you think about like the ones that stood out, if they're really only like a handful that we're going to align on here. But yeah, let's let's go through it and see. Yeah, there were so many good theatrical movies that the streaming ones really... Whereas last year, it was like super likely that the movies you were cramming for for this episode might make it into your top five. It's kind of hard to top some of the... Yeah. A few of the theatrical ones, at least. But anyway, you you kick it off. You start with your number five. All right. Uh, My number five was a movie that came onto Hulu. Uh, It was Prey, directed by Dan Trottenberg. 
And I thought in a year where you have big franchises coming back, like the Halloweens, the Screams, the Hellraiser, this was the one that really I, I thought was the one that kind of worked because they did a great job of reinventing it, taking it into like a different time frame, a different storyline, amazing characters, great uh, cinematography, and a very powerful storytelling, which I think revitalized the franchise really well and made me really excited. And the whole... Um, uh idea to like yeah film it in a different language in a native language was really awesome and, and some fun kills so yeah that, i felt like those are like a movie i watched uh twice at least so uh want to call out that film as my number five awesome man great pick yeah i was i was listing off some of the big franchises that had installments this year and i totally left out predator that's awesome yeah I think that I think that's what you need in a if you're bringing a franchise back after a long time or trying to revitalize something like yeah you got to do something different and interesting with it and it felt like this one did the the best job at that. Yeah, agreed. It was a great movie. Uh, I didn't even think about that for my list. It still wouldn't have made it here. Huh? Oh man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's tough. Okay. Um, shoot. Wait. Now I'm kind of I don't know how I just like. I think I had this like 2022 list of movies and I forgot to put that on oh, my like, no list way. of 100 movies for whatever reason. Oh, okay. I thought maybe but, you didn't think it was horror or something. No, I do. I do. I just, I still not sure if it would have found a spot here, but oh, mm. I'm, a, I'm a little sweaty thinking about that, but okay. All right. Good, <laughs> good pick. Off to a good start. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brian's sweating already. <laughs> yes. Just like a normal episode. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, man, my number five was The Black Phone, directed by Scott Derrickson. I had a hard time putting this on the list. Oh, my God, just my list in general, there's so much recency bias. It was really hard not to do that. The Uh movies I saw more recently were just more fresh in my head. Sure, sure. Uh, I just, I had a hard time putting this on the list because I don't have much written down about it in way of a review. I don't think about the movie very often, but I remember just loving it in the theater. I think the brother-sister relationship is part of what made me love it so much. I know some people thought it was cheesy or not all that scary. I thought it was one of the more heartfelt releases of the year. I literally cried at one point in the movie. (laughs) And I also thought it was really tense and well done, even though it's not a perfect movie and maybe it's a little bit cliché. Uh, I loved Ethan Hawke as the villain. I thought Mason Thames and Madeline McGraw did a great job as child actors. I had fun with it. It was a crowd pleaser, too. You know, I think a lot of people really enjoyed it, and I think it was a bit of a crossover hit. So, yeah, for sure, man. Uh, Yeah, great, great pick. And uh, Ethan Hawke is so scary in it. The mask looks so good. The hat. I think those kind of images stick with you. Great uh, theater experience. Um, and I feel like that's a movie you kind of know what the story is going into it, but like it still wows you while you're watching yeah, it. Yeah, uh, right. It's just like a re- really good storytelling. They, they did that job really well. I agree. It was a very well told story. Yeah, yeah. Great, great pick. Written by Joe Hill. Joe Hill, right? Oh yeah, yeah Stephen King's son, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we finally got that. Which we now have finally gotten <laughs> through our thick skulls. <laughs> that's great. All right, uh, should we go to number four then? Let's go to number four. What's your number four pick? All right, my number four was theater release Barbarian, directed by Zach Kreger. And uh, I thought this movie holds the title for the twist of the year. I won't get into it because I know we want to keep this spoiler free. 
But overall, just like a really well-told story, a lot of great suspense up front, uh, a great twist that uh, kind of knocks you off your feet while you're watching it. And uh, I think, you know, we're talking about the idea of like the woke feminism uh, move going on here and the critique on milk toxicity. And I thought this was a film that did a really good job of like bringing those elements in without like being uh, hitting you over the head with it. So it's like still pretty subtle and and well told and and, uh, great suspense and good balance of horror and comedy. And uh, I think Justin Long is great. I, I know you're not you're not a huge fan of his, are you? I loved him in this movie. I'm a fan of him. I don't like oh. Tusk, but I still like Justin Long. <laughs> all right, all right, yeah. I yeah, don't hold it again. I don't hold Tusk against Justin Long. It's oh, not okay. his fault. <laughs> I think it's his greatest success. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I liked him in that. I, I thought he did a, a great job. I think it is so cool that Barbarian was a movie that achieved so much on word of mouth. Oh like, yeah, there were previews for it ahead of other popular horror movie releases in the theater this year but it was just one of those movies where people were like oh have you seen barbarian you got to see it and don't don't look anything up you got to go in blind it just got people talking i was yeah talking at christmas to my wife's family and her cousin had seen it and as far as i know i'd never talked about horror movies with him before it's just it's a kind of movie that got people talking and that's yeah really cool that's what the horror genre needs in the theater. Yeah, I, I think I, I wonder if it, it's the twist because uh, yeah, I think when you have a twist like that, then you have people talking about it. But when they know, like I was at a Thanksgiving dinner and some people were talking about it, but then you can't talk about it, and so you're building it up because it's like, oh well, yeah, just that movie can't really talk about what happens in it, and so yeah, it kind of like sets expectations pretty high and builds like a hype around it. And when a movie like that does well, it encourages studios to take risks and and pick up risky movies and, and put them out in theaters and, sure and trust the audience that they're gonna like something weird and bonkers and out there yeah yeah I, th- I think they they succeeded with that one for sure cool uh, good pick. what about you what, what was your number four my number four is pearl directed by ty west this movie is just so easy to love mia goth put on a great performance in x and then to see her get her own backstory for one of the two characters she played and then know that she's getting a sequel for the other character she played is kind of bonkers when you really think about it. It's essentially a trilogy dedicated to a single actor rather than a single character. <laughs> That's true. Or right. to a villain. It's just Mia Goth's yeah. trilogy. I mean, it's Ty West and Mia Goth. Right, right. Yeah, that's kind of um, crazy. Yeah, and not only did I love her performance, I just thought it was a really refreshing take on a slasher film. I appreciated that it was a character study and felt very awkward and intimate and disturbing and charming all at the same time. Some might say it was slow, and they're not wrong, but it had some of the most memorable moments of the year in it. Her epic monologue, her unhinged smile are like two moments that come to mind. Uh, I love the aesthetic, like Wizard of Oz meets Slasher vibe. So it's interesting because I gave the Black Phone a higher rating. I think I gave it a four and a half, and I gave Pearl a four. But Pearl, I just think about it all the time, and I think... That pe- not all. I'm not like waking up thinking about Pearl every morning, but it just it gave us so much. I think in terms of imagery, in terms of even just like little inside jokes in the horror fandom, it's a cool movie to have. It, yeah. It just I'm glad. I'm really glad that it exists. Whereas the Black Phone may kind of blend into the crowd in, in years to come. I think Pearl will always be remembered fondly. Damn. 
yeah that's awesome man uh i agree yeah really, really uh well like really unique movie in, in terms of like creating that genre that it created it and, is uh, yeah i agree man mia got like dominated uh horror this year with uh these two movies those three roles did she do another horror film this year too yeah she was in the stop motion anthology house which oh. is in the horror it has got a horror tag on imdb it's debatable if it's a horror movie you and i watched that one together on our little anniversary trip but oh, yeah one right. of the sketches is fairly horror-ish sure, sure. um and she shows she did one of the voices okay. in one of those skits yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, her her, her performance, uh, the humor that's like embedded in that movie. Uh, yeah, it's it's haunting and sticks with you. I'm surprised mm-hmm. uh, you got a sequel so high up on the list. So that that's impressive. Yeah, it is. Good. It is, isn't it? I got a few guesses on what your number one or two is. At this point. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't mean anything. Don't read into it. <laughs> right. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Sure. <laughs> well, speaking about uh, Pearl, my number three is the prequel to that. It's X uh, by Ty West. A lot of the th- same things that you mentioned. You have a great performance by Mia Goth. Uh, I thought this was a movie I was really excited about going into this year. You have uh, such a cool and interesting plot taking place uh, with, a, with a group of characters who are trying to shoot a movie. And so there's like this natural meta-ness to it around people trying to evolve the, the film industry and uh, working on things that uh, kind of tie thematically to generations and aging. Um, amazing kills, uh, strong performances, great like cinematography. Yeah, I think Ty West just kind of... Uh, really blew up this year with uh, all uh, all that he brought to screen. Uh, so a lot of what you said w- about Pearl, I think, made this film really special as well. He oh, crushed great, it. Great soundtrack, too. Sorry. Yes. Yes, it yeah. was. I mean, that's the story of the year for me for 2022. It's so cool. that Ty West has been a horror indie darling for years, right? Like since the aughts, people have kind of been watching him come up, you know, VHS and... Uh, Innkeepers, House of the Devil. He's had a couple of the Sacrament. Yeah. So you've just been kind of watching him come up and be like, this dude makes good movies. I think even before this year, if you or I were aware of something Ty West was doing, we'd we'd probably check it out based on his name alone. And then A24 has kind of been coming up and the the teens, you know, everyone's like, oh, A24 horror. So then to have the two of those things unite – and have them just green light. Yeah, go ahead. Make three movies and release two of them in the same year. Yeah. The same yeah. calendar year. <laughs> it just seems like such a ballsy move. Yeah. And they just nailed it. It's so yeah. cool. That's exciting. It pays off. I know. Yeah. yeah it really does. Uh, when when does the third one come out? Like next year, hopefully? I It's slated for next year, but I, I don't think it... Hmm, that's a good question. I don't know that it has a release date yet. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, no, I, the, the momentum of that was crazy. And even uh, the way they introduced uh, Pearl uh, with that, like, after shot in uh, X, that was, that was wild. Like, who saw that coming? A trailer at the end of X. So exciting. That's so yeah. neat. Yeah. I just don't know how you're not kind of giddy about that as a fan. Even if you're not wild about X or Pearl, you got to just, as a horror fan, be like, Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, well done, Ty West. I'm glad you had a good year and a great for A24, too. Um, yeah. What, what about you? What was your number three? My number three is finally a movie that was not theatrical, Deadstream, directed by Joseph and Vanessa Winter, a husband and wife team. Uh, it was, I think, a Shudder original. And this movie excited me. Every once in a while, I watch a movie that makes me feel something close to what I felt the first time I saw Evil Dead. And this movie came pretty close. 
it has some very specific like it's a very specific sense of humor. If you're not into that, you may not like the movie as a whole. Like within the first 15 minutes, you might know like uh, maybe this isn't my cup of tea. But personally, I thought it was a perfect blend of comedy and scares and tension, paced really well. It, it seemed like it was both a lampooning of and a love letter to live streamers, YouTubers, vloggers. Um, it was awesome to me. I got I got scared. I laughed. I was a hundred percent absolutely entertained the whole way through. It was an exciting movie for me. Ah, that's awesome. Yeah, I've seen that on on list. I, I haven't seen that film though. Uh, so it, it isn't an anthology. It's a, it's a straight up film. It's a straight up film, as okay. as they're called, and it's a found footage film kind of. Oh. It's like the uh, he's live streaming the whole thing. Ah, cool! Wow, I didn't, I didn't think yeah. found footage would uh, be back this year uh, in a big way. So th- that's great. Worth yeah, I mean, it, we continue down that weird road where found footage has met the uh, streaming era or the I don't know what you want to call it. You know, yeah, the online kind of live zoom. zoom and, yeah, yeah. Um, right. okay. I'll so I think this was a cool direction. It's still. It's not like hosts where it's very much like bringing computers into the realm of things. Mm-hmm. Actually, it kind of is. I feel like it's it's the pres- the presentation is a more traditional found footage approach, but at the same time, it does bring that um, computer screen element into it and social media into it as well. It's really cool. It's I'm not spoiling anything by saying this, but the premise is it's a a live streamer who spends the night in a haunted house and live streams the whole thing. Oh, cool. Um, That's awesome. And he's just this, like, silly guy. He's just uh, very much like a YouTube personality, and it's just, it's fun. Cool. Oh, my God. That sounds awesome. I'll check that out, man. Uh, yeah, thanks Thanks for the rec. Yeah, sure. Good, good uh, okay, man. Um, You're number yeah, two. I think my, my number two might be one. Uh, it was also on VOD, on Shutter. Not sure if you saw this one, but I, I texted you, Nick, because I was so scared. Uh, it's called The Innocence. Uh, it's a Norwegian film directed by Eskil Vaught, I think. And, uh, yeah, just really took me by surprise. I mean, I was, I was uh, working and then started watching this on my headphones and uh, got really freaked out and had to text Brian about this. But, um, yeah, beautifully shot film about these kids who are discovering these powers they have and how their natural childlike behavior or, or thinking kind of is captured and is used on those powers just makes this like a really scary and dangerous film and it's, it's shot and acted very beautifully and it scared the shit out of me and it's really impressive to see these kids carrying the weight of this movie on their shoulders um i just maybe i just had low expectations uh given the plot and like who the main characters are but the way it was directed the way it was acted shot music cinematography and everything just really haunting and, and pretty scary and moving. So, yeah, Innocence is my number two. Awesome, man. That was, like, the next one on my list. Like, if I had had time to squeeze in a couple more movies, I would have seen that. And I'm oh, yeah. <laughs> kicking myself for not having seen it. But I'm, I'm glad that you watched it and got it on this list. Yeah, yeah. Let me know uh, when you see it. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. Uh, can't tell if it was just one of those things that uh, maybe I was just having an off day and this hit me really hard. But this was wild. Sometimes a movie just like gets you and you don't always know, was it the movie or was that just ready for this or yeah, a combination right. of all of it? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Or you're not prepared for it. Yeah. And hey, yeah. dude, let me tell you something. Anytime you're scared, you just text me or call me. <laughs> That's my natural tendency. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. All right. All right. It goes for any of you. What about you? What was your number two? Okay. My number two, big surprise that it's on this list is X, directed by Ty West. I just, ah, you don't say. 
Yeah, right? <laughs> this feels like one of the most complete horror movies of the year to me, if that makes any sense. Like, it was on its face an homage to classic slashers, but it also very much had a life of its own that it could stand on its own two legs. It had a great cast of characters and great performances, great up and coming performers, great kills, a really cool score. It was like very intentional and skilled direction in cinematography, what you expect from a Ty West movie. And the themes were, it doesn't, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot to read into the themes. Like maybe it's a little bit obvious, but as you dig and look at some of the other stuff going on in the movie, you can really tease a lot out of that theme, really dissect it. And I think it's just really interesting, the things that it's exploring. Um Yeah. I know, but man. then, on the other hand, it's just like it's a love letter to nudity-filled bloody slashers from the <laughs> '70s and '80s. It's, it, so I think that's why it's so complete because it's such a thoughtfully, carefully, and skilled, skilled, skillfully created movie. But it's also just like, hey, here's everything you guys love about horror movies. Yeah, and homage to all, like, yeah, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that whole era. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. That's really, really impressive how we did that. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like when we talked about it too, like we kind of went through a lot of the layers. Uh, have, have you seen it again by any chance? I haven't. I really would love to. I watched like the first 10 minutes of it again, but I didn't. Yeah. Haven't really seen it again, no. Yeah, yeah. And I really want to dive back into that. That was, yes, yeah, such, such a good film. Good pick. It's so hard to find time because like I want to go watch there's like all these 100 movies on my list. And I also I feel like I really needed to rewatch <laughs> some of the ones on my top yeah. five, top 10. So it's just tough. Yeah. I hear you, man. Uh, yeah. No, great pick, man. That was, that was such a great movie. Uh, and yeah, really, really cool themes and most interesting way of capturing them. Yeah. Like the whole idea of like aging, um, the dream that, you know, like how, how far you'll go to get to your dream and that kind of thing. And yeah, mm-hmm. the backdrop of, of like the porno films was wild. I really enjoyed yes. that. Yeah. Also for me, I, this you know this list could be shuffled any which way or, or that sure. probably. It's hard to put these in an order. Yeah. But this was like the first great horror movie released in theaters this year, in my opinion. And it was just a great hopeful note to kick off the year for me. I'll always remember it fondly. It also, my family's been just uber careful COVID stuff up until this year so this movie felt like a reintroduction to society for me in a way it was the first movie i saw with somebody who wasn't my wife no. since pre-pandemic <laughs> um, yeah so it's just it's kind of emblematic of a year where the whole family is like the little ones now are all like shots and boosted and we're just feeling more confident about everything not to make any of this about the pandemic i know <laughs> we're all sick of hearing about it sure but I'd be ignorant to say that there aren't some personal emotions going into the way I organize this list. So some, that's a lot, man. It sounds like your first time out with a friend. I've got a lot, dude. Yeah, I mean, I just told you you could text me whenever you wanted, so just sure. let me talk to you about my feelings for a minute. <laughs> okay, sure, sure. No, yeah, good, good call. It. I mean, that, yeah, that definitely uh, has an impact on yeah, what the what a movie will, will mean to you, right? The setting in yeah. which you see it in, where right. you're thinking going into it. It's uh, hard to divorce some of the uh, subjective stuff. Yeah, from the objective movie making, but at the same time, I mean, I don't, I don't think I'm alone. Neither, you know, it's on your list. This was a yeah. beloved film. It was, man. It, I, you know, I was kind of bummed because, like, uh, it set like the year off on such a high note. It's like, wow, 
how is that momentum going to stick through for like the rest of the releases? So yeah. uh, it, it is cool. We have like so many good moves this year, but yeah, the, the, this one really hit it out, out, out of the gate early. I, I legitimately don't know what your number one is going to be. Damn, I thought this one was going to be your number one. So mm-hmm. now uh, that, nar- oh man, if your number one is what I think it is, I'm going to be really pissed. Uh, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, my, right, my well, number... we're sharing feelings. You can tell, okay, tell me. Cool. If you're I'm gonna have to text you after this. I'm scared of how pissed I am. All right. So yeah, my number one uh, is uh, the movie Nope uh, from oh, Jordan yeah. Peele. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I I just thought you know awesome Jordan Peele's back. Us I feel like uh, wasn't. Um, I, I mean, I loved it. Uh, it wasn't as amazing as obviously Get Out. This one is still different than those two, but I thought he was back with like a big summer blockbuster that gave us a really cool monster alien movie on the surface and had some awesome scares and beautiful scenery. And then under that, I, this is one I got to rewatch uh, rather recently. Uh, you just like cut this up in like so many different layers. The commentary under like every element of this film is smart and timely, speaking to things from like marginalized populations to the idea of ownership and like how you preserve uh, a sense of history. So just like a really deep movie that I think captures uh, times and people's struggles really well, while also kind of being pretty scary and almost like a Jaws-like way where you have this monster that people are trying to uh, uh, escape or catch or tame or with different intentions. So character's really great and just thought it was like a yeah, really innovative uh, way to tell a story um, and really interesting film for the year. So that, that was my number one. Awesome. Cool. I'm glad it's your number one. Yeah, it was it was a great movie and a cool, great third release from Jordan Peele. Uh yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like he hit it out of the park. He's, he's, he's doing good. Yeah, nice. We'll talk more about it pretty soon. All right, cool. Uh, so what was your number one? My number one was Barbarian, directed by Zach oh. Kreger. Okay, nice. I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> this was one of my... What did you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to say men, and then I was going to get really Oh, no, no. Don't uh, worry. Cool. Uh, this was just one of my favorite theater experiences in recent memory. There were so many twists and turns, so much uncertainty, and the tone and atmosphere was just so masterfully done. It was such a cathartic viewing experience. I felt like I was at a point where I was like, I cannot take any more tension in this movie. And then the movie got kind of funny. And then it went absolutely bonkers in a really <laughs> exciting way. Yeah. Uh, like we mentioned before, that word of mouth element was so cool that it got people talking. Um, yeah. I, I just had a blast with it. And it was a good, well-put-together movie, good performances. That Men Are the Worst theme, like you said, was prominent, but it did it in a really interesting way with, like, different gradients of the of male toxicity. Um, yeah, Justin Long, Georgina Campbell, Bill Skarsgård, they all nailed it. Yeah, it a great. fun, fun movie. Awesome cast. I feel like when in horror, when, like, you say bonkers, usually, I always assume, like, gore, or, like, crazy violence or something. So it's cool that it, this one, yeah, second half was, like, nuts, uh, but it, it, it was like still scary, very suspenseful and not like so relying on gore or anything. It was just like the concept. You're kind of like glued to your seat with what's going on. Yeah. It wasn't afraid of gore, but it wasn't relying on that for the shocks. Right. Right. Yeah. That was, that was such a cool movie, man. That was, that was a lot of fun. Cool. Your number one was Nope. My number one was Barbarian. Yeah. So what was the overlap there? This is reaffirms how great of a year it was. The overlap. Wow. The overlap mm-hmm. was not very much. X, was that the only one? No, uh, in Barbarian. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's impressive. That's it. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Cool. Yeah, that, that's good. Good. Uh, so, so what is that? Like eight, oh, nine films, right? 
or eight. Math. Math is hard. I feel yeah. like on any given day for me, Barbarian X or Deadstream could be my number one. Oh, shit. All right. I'm really excited to see Deadstream. I gave them all four out. and a half. Hey, I'm pumping up Deadstream. I, I felt this way about the medium last year. I like was pumping it up, thought mm-hmm. it was awesome. And Sensor. We were both kind of pumping that up. But yeah. I'll just put the caveat out there. The movie's either going to be like right up your alley or not. Okay. So Yeah, you mentioned comedy. I know that's like one area where you and I kind of have different definitions of what comedy is. We do, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool, man. Great, great, great top five. Nice job. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to um, list our honorable mentions and just, we don't have to take turns. You can just tell me your six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, I think there's a lot of overlap here. Uh, my number six was Smile, which I don't think we've mentioned yet, but that's one where like I left the theater like scared. And uh, I think you and I both talked about how we went into that kind of knowing the premise and just shocked like how it was still like such an effective film so that was my number six number seven i had uh watcher is it watcher or the watcher it's watcher so oh, okay. yeah don't get confused people we're talking about he's talking about watcher with micah monroe directed by chloe okuno right yeah great vibe uh a part of me was like wait nothing happened in this film except until the end but then yeah it, it sticks with you and you think about it and there's just like a lot of great dread building up throughout the film and strong performance Number eight, I had The Sadness, a uh, crazy, brutal, uh, violent zombie film from Taiwan, uh, which like has a great uh, commentary on humanity. Uh, so yeah, pretty, pretty shocking film. Number nine, I had The Black Phone, which you talked about, great film. And then number 10, I had Pearl, which you mentioned uh, from Thai West. So, awesome. Yeah, how about you? Yeah, we'll probably get kind of overlap heavy here. I got Smile at number six as well, just like you nice. did. Um, I just that, that was another one that was a cool story because every a lot of horror fans were like, "Oh, brother, seeing this uh, <laughs> yeah. trailer," and it is very much kind of almost a ripoff of other horror plots, but it was just done so well. Yeah, and it was spooky. This almost is like a genre. I want to almost call it like modern classic horror. I feel like post two thousands, what you think of, what people think of when they think of horror is shifting away from slashers and knives and people getting stabbed and to jump scares. Like so The Ring? And conjuring, Insidious. Oh, yeah, sure. The Ring even. Yeah. And I feel like Smile is very much in that vein, lives in that family. Um, wait, did I, what did I say? Smile lives in that family. I might have said the wrong. Yeah. So it's just fun to see a movie like that come out and be a fun ride and actually be done pretty well. Right. So that was right. cool. That was an awesome film. Seven was nope. This was my hardest movie to place on this list. I feel like if I watched it again, it could very easily get up into the top five or even towards number one. Really thought-provoking with its themes and all the layers you can peel. I just... There was something about it I couldn't fall in love with. I I don't know why. Um, And maybe I will on my second watch. So it was hard to put it up higher towards the top. I I feel like nope is a polarizing one this year. I've, I've seen at the top of a few lists more like towards the bottom like like you're mentioning uh yeah I, th- I think people either like loved it and embraced it or they're like i don't know questioning it's a uh, yeah a- actual value here sure it's, right. it's a tough one it is number eight i had watcher again like you said kind of like what well, nothing happened it is very deliberately paced for me i felt just about the time i was about to be like all right something better start happening something started happening. Sure. So yeah. <laughs> I, I felt like I was taken on a journey and my hand was held 
and they took me to all the right places. I doubted it for a while, but I was like, okay, that that was what it needed to be. Got it, yeah. Um, number nine was Fresh. Oh, cool. Nice. Men are the worst theme, <laughs> but this was on the nose with the theme, but also had a lot of little stuff peppered throughout that you could dig into and analyze People started, it was a movie we talked about a lot on the Discord server too, and people pointed out different things like, oh, did you notice that meant that? And that could have been read into this way. So there's a lot there, even though the theme was on the nose, there's a lot of little stuff that adds to the theme or, you know, takes you off on a another trail of cookie crumbs, crumbs down a different theme. Um, great performance by Daisy Edgar, Edgar Jones, a well-written character. Too. Yeah. Even the guy, I thought Sebastian, uh, I forget what his name was, but I thought he did a great job as well. He did do a good job, yeah. And then 10, I had Crimes of the Future. Oh, nice. From David Cronenberg. I had a great start to the year catching up on some of David Cronenberg's earlier movies that I had never watched. So this was really cool to me because it was just kind of all his movies, like all the themes and ideas he's discussed in his movies kind of together in one movie for me. So that was fun to see, especially in a year that I'd begun, where I started becoming familiar with his works and kind of started deciding he's one of my favorite horror directors of all time. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So yeah, this just was like a culmination of so many of the ideas he'd be k- kicking around in his other films. It's a little difficult. I feel like there were certain times in the movie where I wasn't entirely sure what was going on, uh, which is partly my fault, but I also feel like it was a little bit overly danced and uh, obtuse maybe at certain times, while also hitting the themes kind of on the nose. But this was another one where you could dig into the themes almost infinitely. So I don't mind if themes are on the nose if the movie's complex enough to to bury some of its thematic elements elsewhere. Yeah, that film had, like, no shortage of com- complexity. Yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is really well done, and, and uh, visually so cool. Like, yeah, yeah, and he's worked with Howard Shore in the past to score a lot of his films, and this was another Shore score, and it was also really cool, so that was another cool thing to see, like, oh, just these two back together again, and it, it didn't disappoint in terms of a Cronenberg movie, in my opinion. I know some people thought... It wasn't everything they were expecting, but I thought it delivered. Okay, and that's like straight up uh, body horror, right? Yeah, I'd call it body horror. Yeah, okay. Sure. Cool. Maybe not as acutely as his other films are, but sure. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, no, it was, it was a good movie. You know, last year I was listening to our episode from last year just to be like, how did we even, what did we talk about last year? And last year I complained about tonal confusion. Tonal, T-O-N-A-L. Halloween Kills and Malevolent as examples, where it's just like, what were these movies trying to do? Like, did they know they were bad? Were they trying to walk some weird line? Yeah. And this year, I feel like some movies took big risks with the tone or juggled multiple tones and nailed it. Like Barbarian, Fresh, Pearl, Deadstream, all of them had kind of off-the-wall tones, or they switched tones halfway through the movie, and they they did it with a plum. They made it work. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that commitment and uh, those experiments and, and that actually working because, yeah, those are disasters. Speaking of disasters, I'm, I'm surprised. Uh, like, yeah, uh, so like the Hellraiser, Scream, and Halloween, like the big franchises everyone was excited about for this year, didn't make any of our lists then, huh? 
Yeah, almost none of those. Fr- I mean, Prey made your list, but yeah, none of those big ones. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, yeah that's that's a bummer. Right. They didn't yeah. make our list. Yeah. Do you think the tonal issues uh, carried through on those still, or? It was- um. No. Uh, maybe on Texas Chainsaw yeah, Massacre. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Some of those were just bad movies, though. Or, I don't know. In my opinion, Scream was a worthy entry in the franchise, but not on the stronger end. Hellraiser was just not good, in my opinion. But I know it had its fans. Texas Chainsaw Massacre was fun. It was bad in a lot of ways, but it, it was fun if you let it. If you just let yourself... Yeah. Enjoy it for what it was. Especially when, like, the violence kicks in in, like, that second half. I, I think it gets a lot better. Yeah. And then Halloween Ends probably gave us one of the more polarizing movies of the year. Yeah. 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 Surprising those films couldn't deliver uh, t- that well. It is and it isn't, though. You know, I mean, so many movies are so... I mean, so many franchises are so deep into the movies. And it's just unusual for a movie to be very good when it's like the sixth seventh eighth installment of a franchise yeah those usually aren't good historically so it's not super surprising that these are all kind of mediocre yeah that's true you're kind of burdened with the legacy a framework you have to keep in yeah can't like be as like innovative yeah man i mean such a weird story of the past four years with that halloween h40 trilogy just such a high note and then just such a little <laughs> fizzle. It's so weird. Wait, which was the high note? The the first one? I thought Halloween 2018 was pretty solid. Oh, okay, okay. Especially on rewatch. I was like, oh, this is good. Yeah, I think I rewatched it after you said that. And I realized that, yeah, it, it kind of sucked. But yeah. <laughs> you thought, yeah, we have differing opinions on that. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. All right. And then um, Halloween Kills were, were different on as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, man. Well, that's that's our favorite movies, but let's talk about um, a couple other favorite elements of the year. What was your favorite performance of the year? Man, this was a hard pick. I, I think you had like so many good ones. Uh, I was stuck between three, um, but I think I'm going to go with Mia Goth uh, from that uh, Pearl. Yeah, from Pearl. I thought she gave a really nuanced and stunning and, and uh, scary performance. Uh, the other two I had were Amber Mid-Thunder from Prey and uh, the woman from Watcher, uh, how do you pronounce her name? Micah Monroe. Micah Monroe, yeah. So, but yeah, I'll give it to Mia. What, what about you? Cool. Micah was on my short list too. I thought that was a really, she, it was so similar and it follows. And I mean, maybe it's just Micah. Uh, yeah, that could just be her. <laughs> yeah. Such a, I mean, maybe it's just like who she is bleeding over into her characters. Sure. Just kind it's of just so authentic and real and feels like somebody you could know. Yeah. She's just really, it's just a very like, I don't know, such a relatable performance. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I love that about her. Yeah. So, so I considered her as well. The only two people I considered were her and Mia and I, yeah. So we have Mia. the same one, Mia Goth and Pearl. Such an yeah. iconic performance and such an iconic villain. I feel like she is the new slasher icon of the year. I think so, yeah. Yeah, she's definitely earned it. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, yeah, in Pearl, she was great. Also in, in X, like, the two roles, like, yeah, the two, she did both of those roles, like, really It's impressive. Well. Yeah. Yeah. She's Incredible. essentially, I mean, it's like three roles, really, right. because... Pearl as an old lady is very different than Pearl as a young woman. So exactly. She's literally played three roles so far in the same trilogy. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, she's incredible. Good for her. 
I think it's so cool, too, as like another commentary on the state of horror. New icons are being born. Hmm. Pearl, Art the Clown. I don't know. I sometimes measure, and I shouldn't because I'm not even into this kind of stuff, but sometimes I measure the impact of horror characters and can you easily envision them as, you know, the little Funko Pops and art that people make and sell online on Etsy and Pearl and Art the Clown are just begging for that kind of treatment and I think they have their fans. I, I think they... The fandom of those characters outshines even the fandom of the movies. Yeah, that's awesome. You think they'll have like uh, some longevity with those? Yeah, I think so. Awesome. It's a little bit almost like Nightmare on Elm Street. A lot of those movies aren't that great, but people love Freddy. Yeah, right. They'll come back for that character. And they'll keep tuning in, yeah. Right, right. Merchandise. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. That, that's kind of cool. In, in one year, we had two of those created that, that'll probably last... Yeah, I mean, Art the Clown already existed, but he, he solidified yeah. his legacy. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, what was your favorite yeah. score of the year? Favorite score? Uh, the runner-ups was X and uh, The Innocence. I thought also had a great score, but I gave it to Bones and All, uh, the soundtrack by The Nine Inch Nails and, uh, oh boy, uh, Atticus Finch and something. Yeah. <laughs> Atticus Finch is... <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because I always want to say it too. It's not. Um, <laughs> no, it's Atticus Ross oh, and Trent Atticus Reznor. Right, right. right. Atticus, Atticus Finch, is, Finch is from To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, it's Kill a Yeah, the lawyer. Is he the lawyer? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's her oh. dad. Oh, okay, okay. I believe, right? I think that's Scout's dad. But also, oh. and you've done this twice now, so I think you're officially confused. <laughs> Nine Inch Nails, not the Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> got it. Okay, and Nine Inch Nails, yeah, Nin. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah was... it's actually Nin. It's just called it. Uh, I, yeah, I, th- I thought that was an uh, amazing score, and uh, it wasn't just the original music they did, but I, I thought the other uh, elements of the soundtrack, like I think they had some New Order or Joy Division in there too, and just fit the film really well. Uh, what about you? Good pick. That's a great soundtrack or great score. I mean. Um... I am not wild about the movie I chose, but I loved the score. Uh, my choice is Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Oh. I noticed myself enjoying it during the movie, but it wasn't until I got home and sat down with it alone outside of the movie that I really fell in love with it. Got it. And this was yeah. Disaster Piece, who scored It Follows, which is up there with Halloween as my favorite horror scores of all time. And so this got me listening to, to Disaster Piece more in general this year. So I already loved him from It Follows, but I kind of got into him all over again this year thanks to this movie and listened to some of his video game scores. Yeah. Um, so Is, That's awesome. Was the music to Body's Body, was that like kind of glitchy electronic stuff? Yes. Right. Oh, cool. Yeah, very yeah, yeah. similar um, instrumentation to It Follows. Oh, nice, nice. You know, different sounds, different different melodies, different, different atmosphere, but yeah. Okay, Same great. tools kind of. Yeah, that's an awesome one. Good pick. Good reminder. I want to give an honorable mention to, not just to the score from X, but the song Wee Wee Marie performed by Chelsea Wolfe on the X soundtrack. One of my most listened to albums this year. Actually, I think on my Spotify wrapped, it was my number one. Um, Her album Hiss Spun. So I thank Ty West for introducing me to Chelsea Wolf because that is one of my favorite albums of the year. Oh, that's um, awesome. It's actually, it wasn't even released this year, but I got in, I found it this year through the movie and then I just played the shit out of it. 
uh, is there a cover of that song on that album? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, it's not actually. That that's kind of a single, a standalone single. Oh, for this film. Yeah, Wee Wee Marie is not on the Hiss Spun album. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Some of her work has like a metal, a dude singing metal over it, uh-huh. which I am not into. Yeah. Um, but this one has her singing, and she's just really cool voice, really cool songwriter, and it's yeah, it's like heavy metal, like it's almost like. I want to call it dread metal or something, just kind of slow, loud, like early Black Sabbath type vibe. Cool. Oh, let's check that out. That's awesome. It's really yeah, cool. This, this song is really cool. And, and then they had the original in Pearl, right? The original. Yeah, movie? yeah, the original song. Yeah. yeah, written from like the in the I don't know. I want to say like the nineteen tens or twenties or something. Cool. Maybe it was you, a little later than that. You think he's gonna do like some kind of eighties version for the his next film? Oh my god, that would be awesome! Yeah, curious how he's going to pull that through. Um, the year in horror shaped my listening in another way as well. I got really into Dream Widow, which was the metal album from Dave Grohl, which I think he wrote specifically for Studio Six Six Six. Oh wow, really? I I like it, man. It It is good. (laughs) Wait, it's called Dream Metal. Dream Widow. Oh, Dream Widow. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, and it, yeah, it's it's heavy metal music. Yeah, huh? and I read yeah. some reviews on metal sites that were kind of coming from the perspective of, all right, we're eating our words a little bit here because as metal fans, we all collectively rolled our eyes when we learned Dave Grohl was doing a metal album. Yeah. But this is actually really good. Damn, wow. So it, it's cool. I would check it out. That's so cool. I'll check that out. Dude, is there anything that guy can't do? Like, uh, I think they also put out a disco album, like, uh, in the last year or something. Just feels like he just picks up anything and uh, does a pretty decent job at it, which... He's a talented guy. He is, yeah. But who who likes the Foo Fighters? You like the Foo Fighters? I don't, but they've got their... Actually, I shouldn't say that. I like the Foo Fighters. I'm not buying albums and stuff. I've never even listened to a full album, but I like their singles back when we were young and... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of their singles actually are... Like my hero was just oh, yeah. what a yeah. banger back in the day. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they, they were they were they were incredible back in the day, and I think it's really impressive that they can still do like what they're doing. I feel like their sound, and maybe I'm, I'm, uh, this isn't right, but I feel like the latest singles, like their sounds, haven't quite evolved, but they still like have these huge crowds and got to be like one of the biggest rock bands out there right now. So yeah, good on them. They're a stadium filler, and that's so cool that he's the front man of like one of the biggest rock bands of all time with like the most longevity but then an integral part of nirvana as well right. and then this metal albums it's cool i would yeah check right. it out <laughs> did you see uh his studio 666 i didn't that's another one i just still haven't seen i'm i'm kicking myself for how many i haven't seen this year but it just also feels like there's more notable ones last year i felt like i was digging through ones that people hadn't really talked about much in the year and that nobody had heard of but that had good reviews and good scores on Letterboxd and this year there's a bunch that were notable that I couldn't even get to damn yeah yeah I think going into next year we're going to have quite a lot of homework to be doing yeah yeah and it's hard too because I never end up going back and catching up on my list for the for the year for the previous year yeah sure yeah um can I wrap up well I won't wrap up actually we have more more stuff to talk about plenty more but should we do the top 10 horror movies at the box office this year? Yeah, let's hear it. 
Okay, you earlier said that Smile was the number one horror at the box office, but you're wrong. Uh, Your number one pick, Nope, was the earningest horror movie of the year with $123 million domestic. You know, are you sure about that? Because I feel like Smile brought in like... Oh, yeah, maybe this is a domestic international thing. Because I feel like it Smile was in the 200s. Okay, okay, it could be a, an international thing. Box office mojo... When they list, you know, the best movies of the year, they do it domestic. Ah, okay, okay, gotcha. So perhaps Smile earned more internationally than no. Nope. It yeah. translates better. Okay. Oh yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I saw that on the list too. That like, yeah, uh, Nope was higher, but I was surprised because the number looked different. But yeah, must must be that international source domestic. Yeah, Nope was number fourteen at the domestic box office. Okay. Smile wasn't far behind at number sixteen. Hmm. With 106 million. Okay, cool. The Black Phone with 90 million was at number 23. Scream was number four in terms of horror, but number 25 at the overall box office with 82 million. Then Halloween Ends with 64 million at number 30. Barbarian at number 37 with 41 million. The Menu at 32 million, number 43. Beast, number 45, 32 million. The Invitation, 25 million, number 46. And Pray for the Devil is number 10 at the box office. Number 53 overall at the box office, but number 10 in the horror category. Pray for the Devil? What's I that? had not heard of it, but hmm. yeah. Okay. And then next was X, Bodies, 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 Terrifier 2, Firestarter, Pearl, okay. etc. Cool. Uh, you know, it's, it's really interesting that like those top... Uh, Three are all like originals, right? And and then you start to get in the franchises, which is is not good to see. Like the original stories are still kind of winning. Yeah, only two, only two of those movies that I mentioned were part of a franchise. Screaming Halloween, yeah. Um, cool. Well, yeah, yeah, only two of the top ten. Oh, okay, yeah. that's great. Pretty cool. Yep, yep, that's awesome to hear. Okay, I think that ends our discussion of 2022 in terms of movies released in 2022. But, as usual, I think we should talk about our own personal year of 2022 and the movies that we watched, even the ones that weren't released this year. So I wanted to ask you what your favorite first watch was this this year. Any, any release year, but the movie you watched for the first time this year that was your favorite. Sure. Yeah, there were a few. I, I noticed uh, we, this year, like we started to get into more uh, rewatches of things we'd seen, uh, which was fun to kind of talk about. But um, the few that I really liked, uh, you know, I, I think these come from really in the air. But um, I had like Hostel was awesome, Jennifer's Body I really liked, um, but the one that I, I gave the number one spot to was uh, Phantasm. Uh, I'd, that was a franchise I'd never heard of before, and uh, it was just a g- great mix of like kind of sci-fi, scary goofiness uh, that I, I thought it did the. It was a great like timepiece for for like when it came out, and really intrigued me for the rest of the franchise. So uh, that that was probably my favorite watch of the year. Uh, that was in a 2022 film. Awesome! That makes me happy because I really like that movie too, and that was one of my picks. And sometimes. You lament me picking older movies. and <laughs> I try to. I'm yeah. G- yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah. I'm going to go the other way and, and choose a modern-ish movie. Um, but like you said, we're doing more reruns. I think our first watches, at least my first watches, are diminishing. I'm, yeah. I still have a lot to learn about the horror genre, but the number of like classics that I haven't seen is getting smaller. 
Like, there's still plenty of horror movies I haven't seen, but the number of movies that would, like, make somebody's jaw drop that I haven't seen yet is (laughs) is getting pretty small. The the mouth mouth is closing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, the jaws are starting to return there. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, Ouija, Origin of Evil from 2016 was no. my favorite first watch of the year. That was, I am a fan. I know it's maybe a little bit cliche, but I am a fan of the jump scare laden haunted house movie of the post 2000s era. Mm. It can be done horribly. It can be, there's so many like, knockoffs so many straight to streaming things on netflix that are like these movies but just egregiously awful and tedious and give horror a bad name but when it's done well it's done well so yeah i was on board with that ouija origin of evil was fun for me damn i didn't know you're such a big fan of that that was mike flanagan wasn't it it was yeah honestly there weren't that many first watches for me this year i gave that a four so that was Nothing nice. above four for me that was a first watch. I also liked Incident in a Ghost Land, but that was pretty damn dark, so it was oh hard, my to, God. <laughs> hard to name yeah. as my favorite first watch of the year. Yeah, yeah, that was a hard one to watch. Uh, but yeah, powerful. Uh, cool. Yeah, I, I didn't realize you liked that one so much. That's a guy. Uh, I feel like usually in it's a, a year... Yeah, it is a guy. Uh, I feel like usually we see like two or three Flanagan films a year, and I know we saw like Absentia this year, so yeah, maybe we got around to two of his films. Yeah, we did a lot of his films before we started the podcast. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So we're kind of slowing down so on So I him. think maybe this year we can come back around to him, cover some things like Hush and Oculus. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. All right, buddy. Now is the time where I bore you with some of our stats. Yes. And you just sit there and listen and look pretty. Cool. And that new sweater of yours. Yeah. <laughs> it's cashmere, everybody, in it case is you're cashmere. wondering. yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you could tell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. The These are the movies that we rated highest this year. This is The goal was to make this our top five, but tied ratings makes it a top eight. Okay, so these are the top eight movies of us for the year, regardless of what year they were released. These are movies we released episodes on this year. Our favorite movie that we discussed this year was Silence of the Lambs. Hmm. We gave that a five, both of us. Nice. The only movie we both gave a five to this year. Wow. Next up, collectively, is a four-way tie at at a collective 4.5 rating from us. The Cabin in the Woods and X, we both gave 4.5s. Black Christmas from 1974, I gave it a four and you gave it a five, which just warmed my heart that you gave it a five. I don't know why. I'm just so happy you love that movie. <laughs> uh, Night of the Living Dead. I gave it a four. You gave it a five. You oh, wow. are you have changed Damn, so yeah. much, buddy. <laughs> you, I'm trying, man. <laughs> we started out the podcast, you not being into older movies. Old for you being anything before like... 2010. Yeah. <laughs> 2000, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and here you are really coming to appreciate some of them. And you also started the show out not being wild about gore. Mm, yeah. And lately you've almost become a bit of a gore hound. <laughs> you got the sadness on your list. Yeah. Yeah. There's a place for it if you do it like in a smart way, I think. Sure. Sure. But yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And then we've got um, a three-way tie with a collective 4.25 rating. And that's Barbarian, which I gave a 4.5. You gave a 4. 
The Black Phone, I gave it a 4.5, you gave it a 4, and Nope, you gave it a 4.5, I gave it a 4. Ah, okay, okay. Nice. That kind of stacks up with our top 10 list. That kind of, the math checks out a little bit there. Yeah, yeah, that's impressive. Those are all 2022, right? Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's true. The Black Phone is one of those stupid-ass ones where we'll always have the release year of 2021 behind it, but nobody actually saw it till. Sure. 2022. 2021 was a festival release. Ah, okay. Cool. Damn, I didn't realize uh, there'd be so many movies that collectively we were above a four on. We had a good year. Uh, oh, are you done with that list? I'm done with that list, but I'd like to move on to the least favorite movies that we discussed this year, but do you have something to say first? Oh, I, I was wondering what like our average score for the year was, but I'm sure you're getting to that later. Yeah, I am getting to that. Would you like me to jump to it now? Uh, yeah, I'd be curious, just as we're talking about the highs and lows, be interesting to kind of center. Okay, no. anything for you. Like I said, you text me anytime you need me. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> I, was about to, <laughs> I was getting a little nervous there. <laughs> okay, let's see here. Um, so my average rating for the year was a 3.4. Okay. Your average rating for the year was a 3.36. Wow, that's so close. We are very Easy. in step. Yeah, there were a lot of, there was like a stretch there where I feel like we were giving the same score for like every movie too. Yes, yeah. I, I, well, I'll keep on this trend then. Of the 52 movies, so it was interesting. We didn't, we had episodes that weren't movie reviews, but we also had Patreon movie reviews. It added up to 52 movies uh, this year that we reviewed together. Oh, wow. Okay. Because like, um, you take out like the top fives and stuff. Yeah, you take out the top five episodes we did and the general discussion episodes, but then you add back the Patreon reviews and we got 52. Nice. Anyway, hopefully the listeners haven't gotten too bored by this, but the mega <laughs> fans are still listening. All right. Of the 52 movies we reviewed together this year on the show... We gave the exact same rating to 16 of them. Mm. We were within half a star for 22 of them. Wow. Within one star for nine of them, and the other five were big disagreements, quote-unquote big for us, and I will discuss those now. Okay. So our biggest disagreements of the year... Actually, you know what? No, fuck that. First, we'll do... Our least favorite movies of the year. Okay, cool. Sorry to okay. disrupt the flow there. Yeah, you got me all out of order. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, man. It's okay. You can still text me. <laughs> the least favorite movies, three-way tie, tied at one point seven five average score. Scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh, woof! I gave it. <laughs> I gave it a two. You gave it a one point five. And that's like Guillermo del Toro, right? He produced it. He didn't direct it. Oh, right, right. Okay. I think, right? Yeah, no, it was uh, Andre Overdahl who directed it. Oh, yeah, right, right. Which was, yeah, kind of surprising because he's got Troll Hunter and Autopsy of Jane Doe, which were both pretty good. Uh, The Last House on the Left, I gave it a 2. You gave it a 1.5. Yeah. The Purge, I dragged this one down. I gave it. (laughs) (laughs) That was the best review. (laughs) I gave that one a 1, and you gave it a 2.5. Highly recommend if you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to that one. We've had multiple people tell us that was either their favorite, one of their favorite episodes, or their favorite episode ever. Yeah, Brian's in a mood really seen in. I was in a mood, (laughs) also known as kind of drunk. (laughs) Was that what was going on? Kind of like old man, father of two young kids, drunk. Where I had, I drank two beers too fast. (laughs) It's been a long day. 
Oh, man. Um, actually, I'm kind of in a similar state now. All right. Great. Let's talk about the purge. <laughs> yeah, don't get, don't. We can't. <laughs> right. Then it's a three-way tie at 2.25 average for Halloween ends. I gave it a three. I liked it. You gave it a 1.5. Bodies, 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 which we're just both too old for. I gave it a two. You gave it a 2.5. Hellraiser, I gave it a two. You gave it a 2.5. Then, well, actually, I won't even read these ones because they're... they're there's four more tied at 2.5, but that's average, so I'm not going to include those as our least favorite movies because they're sure. average. Sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, not, uh, I guess they're like two 2022 films and they're the rest are re- or like older films, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. Now here's our biggest disagreements of the year, and I have one that I need to give you shit for. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll read that one first. So the first... The biggest gaps, are a tie at a gap of two stars, Creepshow, I gave it a 4.5. Oh, my God. And you gave it a 2.5. Yeah. But guess Just, what, buddy? That was, as we mentioned on the episode, a lost episode. We recorded it uh, back in 2018, August right. of 2018, and we accidentally deleted the whole thing. So we right. did it again this year. Right. I checked our spreadsheet. No. Back then, in August of 2018... <laughs> You gave it a four. No. You dropped a, a star and a half. <laughs> Wait, so are you sure? I'm sure. Uh, could it have been an error in the formula on the spreadsheet? I don't think so, man. I, I remembered you liking it. <laughs> Damn. Creep show, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I don't know, man. Just watching it, I, I still don't get the the vibe. I feel like the two and a half now is generous. Uh, that's... Well, here's my theory. I think we've seen some movies that really pick up where Creep Show left off and incorporate some of the same humor and same visual aesthetics mm. like tales from the hood wait tales from the hood or tales of the tales from the hood okay um and mortuary collection two yeah. movies you enjoyed i think now going back to creep show some of the luster wore off that's my uh, theory yeah I'm yeah getting inside your head you might be right i, I know like yeah at the beginning of this i, I was really like anti-campy stuff too and I'm, I'm appreciating a little bit more but also i think it elevates the bar for the type of campiness i like which I feel like Creepshow kind of missed on. Okay. So, yeah, wow, that's interesting you found that score. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Don't tell anyone about that. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> All right. Stays between us. Sure. <laughs> um, the Poughkeepsie Tapes, another two-star gap. I gave it a 1.5. I was mildly reviled by it, and you gave it a 3.5. Yeah. Another just example of how you've just gotten meaner and more twisted. <laughs> that was a dark film, man. I, I yeah. I what what didn't you like about it? Was it the whole raccoon conspiracy thing? <laughs> yeah, I got pretty pissed <laughs> off. That I know one it. of the plot lines involved a character <laughs> realizing that something was a lie because there there aren't any raccoons around here, raccoons around here. in New York. <laughs> yeah, Brian busted out his raccoon map. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go go do if you're not driving, you go. Do yourself a favor, listener, and look up the range of the <laughs> raccoon in the United yeah. States. They're pretty much everywhere. Sure, sure. At least east of the Mississippi. Valid critique of the film. <laughs> yes, I think so. Um, and then a three-way tie for a 1.5 star gap for other disagreements, The Purge, which I already mentioned, and Halloween's, which I already mentioned, Halloween ends, rather. And then the Amityville Horror. I gave it a oh. 2, you gave it a 3.5. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. 
Yeah. Those. Gosh, you're just you're a changed man. It's so interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I'm, I'm trying to take notes from you. You know, try to appreciate the older stuff a little bit more. Give it a chance. I think we've each rubbed off on each other a little bit to the point where we're almost kind of switching. Yeah. Roles. Are you, are you get, getting a bigger fondness for found film or uh, like yeah, jump scares and stuff? Yeah, I mean, I put Ouija as my favorite first watch of the year this year. and Yeah, that's Dead Stream is a found footage. I put that as my number three this year. Yeah, look at you, man. I Damn. think, yeah, we're rubbing off on each other. Yeah, it seems like it. Passing each other in the night. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe for our anniversary when we get together in person this year, you're going to be bald and all have hair. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see that happening. <laughs> this is what I'll dream of tonight. Sure. I'll wake up and feel the top of my head. Oh. Oh, man. <laughs> it was almost there. <laughs> Felt so real. Yeah. Okay. I think that's it for our, our stats and everything. Um, Great. I think yeah, next. next on the docket is what we're looking forward to in 2023, unless you got something else to discuss before we hit that. Uh, no, that, that's all I had. And honestly, like, I, I don't have much, like, uh, it seems like all I could find, uh, in, in my like two minute search was that like, there's a lot of like franchises coming back again, like the evil dead rise, scream six, the exorcist. Um, but I'm not terribly excited for a lot of those. I, I think given who's behind some of those, the only one I could, I was really excited about was, uh, the new M night Shyamalan one, the, uh, knock at, at the cabin. Yeah. But, uh, what about you? Yeah, I'm excited for a few, and I'm excited for Maxine, the third oh. of the, you know, X trilogy, whenever that comes out from Ty West. For sure, but yeah. I, yeah, I didn't see that on the list I was looking at. I'd kind of forgotten about it, but I do believe it's supposed to be 2023. We'll see. I hope so. Um, Last Voyage of the Demeter by Andre Overdahl, even though he stunk it up <laughs> with that scary stories that there are. I'm still excited yeah. by this. I, I think it's a really interesting way to kind of take Bram Stoker's Dracula and just, you know, refresh that story but focus on one specific element of the story. Mm. It sounds like that's the type of movie it'll be. So I'm intrigued. Okay. Um, It's not PG-13, is it? Pardon? It's not like PG or PG-13, is it? I don't know, to tell you the Uh, truth. Oh, okay. I hope not. I feel like that's where he went wrong with the... Scary stories tell in the dark. Yeah, right. That was kind of a movie for kids. I, I would yeah. hope this is not going to be. Okay. Uh, Renfield is another Dracula one. Uh, Nicolas Cage will play Dracula. Hmm. Cool. Wow. That that'd be cool to see his performance. Is that? Yeah, I am excited for Megan, which is coming out in a oh. couple or like a week. Right. I think that comes out January sixth. That's like the AI bot or something, or the doll. Yes. You actually think that I've, looks good? I think it looks like, bear with me, I'm going to make a bold prediction and say Megan will be the next Smile, a movie that horror fans are kind of rolling their eyes at in the preview, like, oh, we've seen all this before, but that's just going to do it so well that you can't help but be entertained. And and what makes you think that? Is it like the director behind it or something? Just a hunch. I know very little about it. (laughs) Yeah. You think think it'll exceed its premise? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I may, maybe I'm just really hoping it will. Okay, yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, the, the preview's like pretty creepy, but uh, yeah, I, I feel like we've seen that kind of film before, but yeah, it'll be interesting to check out. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, this is a weird one, I'm looking forward to The Nun 2. Mm. I don't think it's going to be that good. I don't think the first movie was that good, but I thought the first movie was actually pretty scary. 
that, mm. that was the one thing it had going for it. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what the sequel does. And uh, James Wan's producing it again? I assume so, yeah. Okay. Oh, cool. I don't know very much about any of these movies other than their titles and, and yeah. a bit of the history. Evil yeah. Dead Rise, I don't know whether to cautiously look forward to or not, but I'll surely see it and okay. be excited about seeing it. Sure. Um, I'm excited for Salem's Lot, too, because I've never seen the original, so... Oh, we got to see that sometime, right? The original? Yeah, I've, I've considered doing an episode on it. It's like three hours long. I feel like uh, we could still do an episode on it. Just, you know, not everyone's going to tune into that one. Sure, sure. Hey, on The Nun 2 uh, in the Conjuring universe, um, I feel like that's a universe that's, uh, I feel like beyond like reviving at this point. Like it's, when was the last time you saw a good film in that universe? You think? I mean, we watched... Um... The Conjuring 3, what was that movie called? Something about the devil? Yeah, something about the devil. <laughs> I think that's what it was called. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> what was that movie called? Something about the devil. Uh, and yeah, it was just like, it, it sucked, didn't it? Like, it was, it was like more of like a legal proceeding or something? Or like Yeah, a, we, we, th- we thought it was more like structured as a thriller, but I still yeah. enjoyed it. I think I gave it a three, three mm-hmm. and a half. Okay. Okay, I don't um, know. I've, I've kind of like lost hope on that. Uh, I guess uh, did we never got around to the Annabelles, did we? We need to cover the Annabelle movies. Yeah. The great. first one I was underwhelmed by, so I'm not excited to tackle the series of movies, but I haven't seen the other two. I okay. heard one of them's pretty good. I can never remember which one. Okay, okay. So we should yeah. do that. And then there's always like spinoffs that are kind of rumored, like The Crooked Man. Oh. Although I want to say I recently heard news that The Crooked Man isn't happening, but that... I could be wrong about that. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. No, uh, cool, cool to hear you're excited for The Nun, too. I'm going to check that out. I, I think you're right. Like, visually, it is pretty scary and jumps out, but, like, the story was pretty weak. Yeah. Um, yeah anything... you, see, you see who's doing The Exorcist, who's directing that? Yeah, it's Michael, or Dave it's, uh, Gordon Dave Green, Green, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was kind of upset to see that. <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of people have collectively lost some hope yeah, after the Halloween kills and Halloween ends, but we'll see. Okay, I hope it's good. I'm not that giant of an Exorcist fan, so you know, <laughs> there's nothing precious to me about it. I'm not like, don't you dare soil the name of the Exorcist, but sure, we'll see. I okay. don't. I'm not expecting anything. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess same. But then, like, seeing his name attached to it made that expectation come a little bit lower as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else before we finish up this episode? Thanks some people. Uh, no, that's all I got. All right. That's it, everybody. That's it for the year. It was a good year. I had fun talking to you, man. Looking Same. forward to next year. I hope we get something anywhere close to how good of a year this was in terms of horror next year. That'd be great. I'm sure there'll be some surprises along the way. Sure. Um, thank you to our Patreon supporters. We're both surprised by how many of you there are now. Uh, That's a huge help for us. And it's so cool that so many of you want to support the show. We thank you for that. Thank you to Alex, who provides our our Ohio connection each episode. Thank you to Amy, who did our logo. Um, She's got a coaster set available. Just Google Horror Movie Club coaster set. It will take you to Amy Mae Pop Art, her Etsy site. There's also a lot of other cool horror art on there. If you don't want our coaster set, you can buy something else cool from her. Thanks to our Discord members. Such a great community there that we're always really proud of. 
Thanks especially to Big Turkey for recently coordinating the HMC Holiday Horror Challenge for the second year in a row. Shout out to Leanne for winning it this year. She just won today. Wow. Congrats, Leanne. Yeah. She crushed it. Uh, Thanks to the listeners. You guys, it's just so cool that this community has grown. Thanks to anybody who told their friends about us or spread the word on social media. That really helps. The people who reviewed the show or rated it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. So many of you tagged us too to let us know that we were included in your Spotify rap. So that was really cool to see. Uh, anybody else I'm forgetting or anything you want to um, shout oh, out? Or? All, all the guests throughout the year that we yeah. had on the show. Thank you so much for joining and being a part of the show. The one guest we had. Oh, was there just only one? <laughs> we had David from <laughs> Horror Movie Talk. He was uh, our only guest this year. Uh, okay, well, yeah, thanks, David. It was nice to have you and, and meet you. We've got a couple lined up for 2023 already, though. Right, yeah, I'm excited. I think we'll, to... we'll do that a little bit more. Sounds good, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think you hit everyone. Cool, yeah. Anybody who reached out to us this year, just, it's fun talking to you guys. It's cool to know that you're engaged and enjoying the show. We're glad that we can keep you guys company at work or wherever. Yeah, hopefully we can entertain you again for another year. Looking forward to it. And thank you, Ash. Ashwin... You edit every episode. Our theme music is awesome. Oh, oh, I thank you for that. Thanks for sticking with me on this journey, even though I think your original plan was to humor me for a few months and <laughs> <Yeah>. duck out. <laughs> I was counting on you dropping this idea a few episodes in, but uh, thanks to you, Brian, for uh, keeping the momentum going here, picking some uh, awesome movies, doing all our social media production and uh, communications, engaging on the Discord with everyone, keeping uh, all the jokes flying and stuff uh yeah thanks it's been, it's been a lot of fun talking about these movies with you this year cool man yeah you too it's a cool little thing we got going so thank all of you for it and uh i don't really have an until next time but happy new year everybody um be careful and be safe and hopefully next year starts off with a bang and don't put too much pressure on yourself with those new year's resolutions for sure happy new year everyone happy new year <laughs>